Blog Talk Radio. Hi, welcome to Serial Coma, Episode 5. I am one of your co-hosts, Malabada Charji, and I'm here with my uh, dear friend and uh, partner in crime, Scandalous Women's Elizabeth Carey Mahone. Are we both wearing pants today? I just want to put that out there since, uh, since we seem to have clothing problems sometimes. Well, I'm in my pajamas because I woke up late this morning and I forgot I didn't have time to go to the gym, so I just showered and now I'm in my jammies. I just okay. wanted to put that out yeah. there. <laughs> good. You know, I feel like it's good to establish these boundaries with our listeners so they know that, you know, we're as, as proper as we can be, you know. <laughs> and also, is, is it Sonny's fault that you weren't at the gym? Uh, no. Um, okay. I, I went out last night and had a glass of Pinot Grigio, and I guess it just knocked me out. Okay. Which is unusual. Because, again, <laughs> you know, the older we get, the the less the less we can drink. But uh, yeah, I was just asking because the last time when I was running late and and in the you know uh, my pants problem, I blamed on Sonny and Jason. Um. <laughs> Which so, you know, speaking you of of Sonny and Jason, um, this week's General Hospital was on fire. I mean, it was just, no, I mean, it was some of the the best soap that General Hospital has put out in a while. I mean, there was movement on all the stories this week, not just, um, you know, the two Jasons, but also um, the whole stupid Ass Man Landers story is coming to a climax, so to speak, and um, Valentine actually told Nina the truth this week on General Hospital. He didn't lie to her. They actually had an adult conversation where he told her that he was working with Jessica Tech's character, Cassandra, to bring her down, and that he was also working with Anna um, to help do that because, you know, Cassandra is bringing in those bad, bad opioids into Port Charles. So it was really. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, I had, I had, I'm having a moment. Just because, you know, there's so many backbends and contortions on this show to make everyone else more evil than Sonny Corinthos. So, of course, oh, yeah. TikTok is running opioids. Of course. I know. <laughs> I know that Jessica, that Jessica Tuck, Megan from One Life to Live for mm. for longtime soap viewers, is like an evil drug lord, is the funniest thing on the planet. But actually, she's very good at it because, you know, she's got that sweet, you know, face. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that she's, you know, running, and it's, it's, you know, we don't really know what the drug it is. It's just, you know, evil opioids into Port Charles. So I'm also waiting to find out how long before Sunny finds out that, you know, she's running the evil opioids into Port Charles because, and you know, Sunny hates those drugs. He's, you know, you, know. you can't not involve him in a storyline. 
Like, he's a little oh, I know. right now with the Jason stuff. But he's got to get involved because they can't – I feel like he has to put his stamp of approval or disapproval on every other thing happening in Port Charles. <laughs> well, you know, it's like they bring also, newborn babies to kiss. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, just the fact that, you know, this is Sonny's – you know, this is Sonny's territory – and for, you know, Cassandra to, to step in and try to stomp all over his territory. I have to say, I, what, what I love about this storyline is it's bringing, it's giving me Faith Roscoe flashbacks. Because oh, I, I don't her. know about you, I loved the character of Faith Roscoe. Um, so oh, the fact I that Sonny's... Yeah, um, I was on a, a message board for actress Cynthia Preston back in, I want to say 2003, 2004, and I met some of, one of my best friends in soap opera fandom, Michelle, through that message board. Um, I loved Faith, loved her, so, so I'm right there with you, and any character, which is why I loved Ava when she came on, because I felt like that was a very Faith-esque character. You know, and if Jessica Tuck is playing a similar role as Cassandra, that's awesome. But I'm also wary because we saw what happened to Ava, and and we saw what happened to Faith. I mean, well, yeah, <laughs> and you know, now Ava spends all her time worrying about her face. You know, yeah. and that's her whole storyline now is you know my face, my face, my face. Um, yeah. Instead of what she should be doing, which. I mean, we all know that she was really the mastermind that, you know, Julian couldn't find his way out of her paper bag without Ava holding the flashlight. So, right. you know, the the fact that everyone talks about Julian as being like so, such a horrible, awful criminal is laughable because, you know, he, he was probably one of the, the worst criminal masterminds on the show. But as we all know, you know, Sonny always, despite the fact that he's also does illegal stuff, he's still held up as some sort of like standard of, well, he's a criminal, but he loves his kids. He's a criminal, oh but blah, blah, blah. He's, but he's claustrophobic. He's, he's criminal, but yeah. he's bipolar. And it's like, the no, he's. This week, Jason told uh, Carly that. She and Sunny were great people. I almost fell off my couch. Oh, yeah. I was like. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only people. thing that, that's the only thing that I hate um, mm-hmm. that's going on is that now that old school Jason is back, we're going to have more scenes, as, as I like to call them, the terrible trio, where they just yep. sit around and like buck each other up and pat each other on the backs about how wonderful they are. Like the comment that, you know, Jason, like, oh, you and Sonny are great people. It's like, no, they're not. In no way, shape, or form. It's like I when Carly was, like, going to town on Ava about the whole right. um, Morgan thing. I'm like, Carly, you drugged AJ and poured alcohol over him and threw him in a cart and made him think he'd fallen off the wagon. How do you AJ, have any AJ moral knew. high ground? Who is this like, AJ you speak of? I don't know who you're talking about. I, AJ, fuck. I've AJ Quartermain. Who's that? Yeah, I mean it's just you know, and that she came to town and like deliberately seduced her mother's husband and stole him from her. Um, yeah, you know that's just completely you know forgotten in 
unless it's you know necessary for the plot for her to remember all the horrible things that she did when she came to Port Charles. But again, no matter what yeah. horrible things Carly does, it's nothing compared to the other horrible things that people do. Her horrible right. things are always justified, and nobody else's horrible things are justified. Exactly. So that's exactly. the only thing. That's the only thing that bothers me about Jason coming back is because he's such an enabler for those yes. two. Yes. And what I loved about Billy Miller's Jason is that, you know, he would help Sonny out and stuff and he would listen to Carly, but he would never, it was always like, but I got other stuff to do. Yes. Yes. Now, speaking of that, what do you, okay, I, I don't know if the sh- I've only really been watching the Jason arc. Um, okay. Um, but I've also seen fans uh, responding online. So now apparently there's this theory and I want to know what your your take is on this, that um, that Jason, the Jason Morgan we know, only literally came into being like that he's Drew. This is I find this ridiculous, but that uh, Steve Burton's Jason was swapped in during the infamous AJ car crash in the mid '90s, and that uh, Billy Miller's Jason is in fact Jason Quartermain, and somehow they pulled a switcheroo way back then. I think that's frankly ridiculous, and it fits on that entire story arc. And I would rather see Billy Miller and Drew and learn, you know, who he is as a new character from the ground up. What are your thoughts? Okay, uh, I would believe it. Let me see if I'm understanding this theory correctly. I I would be more inclined to believe that Steve Burton's Jason was stuck in the car and became the Borg and that Billy Miller's Jason was taken away all those years ago rather than the other way around because Billy Miller's Jason has never been stone cold or the Borg since he's been on the show. So how do you say that the guy that came out of the car was Billy Miller's Jason all those years? That makes no sense. Yes. Agreed. Makes absolutely no sense. Yeah. No. Either way, and it makes sense. I I agree with you. I mean, I'm curious to find out how they're going to figure, how they're going to write that Steve Burton's Jason, you know, fell in the water and woke up five years later. Where was he? And then what happened to Drew between the time he was three? which is when Franco right. last saw him until Robin found him in Crichton Clark. Cause remember Victor Cassinine yeah. is the one who told her that Jason, that they had Jason and that she had to go and defrost him. So, oh, right. so, so yeah. are we supposed to believe that Drew has been on Cassidyne Island since he was three? That is what, I guess some people are saying, people are pointing out that uh, when I brought this up on Twitter, someone pointed out that Alexandria Quartermain did cause the death of Tony Cassadine. So theoretically, Helena and Mikos and everybody could have had a long con planning to swap the Jasons as revenge. But I'm like, that is a lot of reaching. That is a hell of a lot of To get back at the Quartermains? Yes, to get back at the Quartermains. I'm like, but that makes yeah. no sense because why would you wait like a zillion exactly. years to get back at the quarter mains? 
Exactly. Why wouldn't you have pulled that trigger immediately instead of doing it like 15 years later? You know what I mean? Or 10 years later, how my math is off. But you know what I mean? Well, like, it, so, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. But it, why, uh, it's a lot. It's a lot. I don't know. So I don't know where the show is going, but I really hope it does not involve, because apparently they saw the paper. People have seen the paper that Franco was burning the fireplace, and it says something about a car crash and an A. So they're saying it could be the AJ car crash or the Ava car crash. And I, I think would it's prefer the, the latter. Yeah. And 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 the other okay, this is the other thing that bothers me is um like Ava has never once like remarked on the fact that, you know, she was the one that hit the guy yes. that they all thought was Jason and that she was the reason that his face was all damaged and he had to have plastic surgery and didn't look like Jason. Not one right. has she like put two and two together or said anything about it. It's like that whole incident has been what, and I'm surprised that Jordan hasn't brought it up because Jordan was the one that claimed responsibility for the accident when she was working for the Jeromes. Yeah. So, but since they seem to have decided to make Ava their punching bag in this storyline and Carly has already been reaming her out thing, it actually does make sense that they would revisit that angle. And so it's because it's more of an excuse to crap all over Ava and be like, this is your right. fault that, that we swapped in this second Jason, you know, if you hadn't hit him with your car, you know, um, so that makes sense. And he had lost his memory. Him. Yes. Yeah. So it makes, that makes more sense to me than going back 35, you know, 30 years, 30, again, math is, math is not my strong suit. Then going all well, the way back to the mid-90s to, uh, to address the yeah, drunken car crash. Like, because that was in, like, 1996, because that was when yeah. Carly first came to town and she met Jason. So, yeah, yeah that's, that's going back 21 years. That's a lot. And I, I, I feel like they need to leave that alone. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I I really wish I could be in the writer's room to figure out, like, you know, to, li- to be a fly on the wall to hear how they're thinking about this. Because, you know, they've got Dr. Maddox in on this. And apparently, you know, Anna said this week that the WSB had been working on memory mapping. Um, right. And that Andre, that was Andre's project. Um, right. And that so when they, yeah, yes. Yeah, so he, he was working. Yeah. yeah. So that he, but then it's like, okay, well, if he memory mapped Drew, who was he working for when he did that? Was right. he working for the Cassidines? Was he working for Faisal? Yes. I mean, who was he working for? I don't know, and and who knows how it's gonna. But you know what? I'm glad that it's making us ask questions. I'm glad you you know you you said you were really loving it this week. So I mean, it's clearly working. It may be kind of confusing, but it's working. <laughs> yeah. So it was nice yesterday when uh, Steve Burton's Jason was talking to Robin, and even Robin was mm-hmm. confused. She was like, but yes. like I saw the guy that I worked on in Crichton Clark. It was you, and he had your memories and the whole thing. And um, Steve Burton's Jason was like, well, yes, he has my memories, but you know, he hasn't lived those memories the way I have. 
and they were talking about this moment, and they did the flashback where um, Steve Burton's Jason was talking to Robin about because Robin didn't hadn't wanted to have sex with him because her HIV positive status. She was mm-hmm. worried about that, and he was like, you know, you know, it's okay kissing you is, and she said icing on the cake. Icing on the cake. Yes, I love that. I and, love Robin and Jason, but I love that flashback. It was adorable. It so, so it was a great flashback and a great moment for them to, for her to realize makes him original recipe Jason was that scene. Right. So that was great. Yeah. That was a great moment. But, yes. Also, Robin knew reindeer sweater Jason and had a massive crush on him when she was in middle school and he was in high school. And, yeah. uh, and, and they went to the same prom, you know, and all of that, with, you know, uh, et cetera. Like I watched that entire story arc. So she is actually one of the few people, you know, besides Monica. Who knew both Jasons. Who knew both Jasons, pre-accident and post-accident. Um, and I hope if they do address, again, if they are going back 21 years, that they take into account Robin's experience with both. Um, yeah. 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 Well, all I know is that next week um, – Ned and Michael have a conversation because Ned's like, we need to discuss these two Jasons and what it means to ELQ. So I'm glad that we're roping Ned into this as well. So I'm, I'm excited. Me too. So speaking, (laughs) yes, speaking of uh, Wally Kurth and his two day jobs, um, it's, you know, this week on days has been Mm -hmm. pretty Fascinating, and I know you have some very strong thoughts on the JJ and Theo storyline that Ron just dropped this week, and the whole yes, how it's being I handled. The, yeah, I love the Will arc. I think the Will's return arc has been phenomenal, funny, soapy, campy, and emotional. I think the other side of the canvas with um, J.J. accidentally shooting Theo uh, Carver, who is uh, on the autism spectrum. Uh, he originally started out as, as autistic. Now they just kind of claim like he's got a mild case of Asperger's, um, and they mostly ignore it. But so, And Theo is a young black man, I should say. And so they had J.J. accidentally shoot him, and, and he's in a coma. And uh, and I also found out that the actor's leaving. So this is the actor's exit storyline. Imagine, I can't imagine, I mean, I can't imagine because I think it's an all-white writer's room at days, of them sitting around going, okay, this actor wants to leave. He plays a black character. Let's hand at a Black Lives Matter storyline and have him get shot by a cop. Uh, I just, okay, but let's... I, because I haven't, I've only seen a little bit of it. So, what's yeah. the backstory? Why did JJ accidentally shoot Theo? What was what was happening? Basically, Theo had gotten embroiled in some Demira family corporate espionage, and he was breaking into a warehouse with some sort of magic doohickey that, like, you know, unscrambles the security code. So, JJ sees him trying to break in. He and his partner Lonnie, you know, uh, Theo takes off running. JJ and Lonnie go off in pursuit. They split up. Uh, because Theo is on the spectrum, he doesn't really understand the literalness of drop the gun because he's not holding a gun. You know, he's holding a doohickey. Right. He doesn't drop the gun. JJ, you know, JJ thinks he's armed. JJ fires. Theo goes down. Um, and that's the last we hear of Theo's POV because he goes, you know, he gets to rush to the hospital, taken into surgery, and is then in a coma. So Theo becomes a plot device. 
Um, so and, then it becomes all about JJ's pain. Yes. The entire week post-shooting has been all about, I mean, yes, we've seen Theo's father and Theo's sister, who is also JJ's partner and girlfriend, you know, upset and mourning. But most of the storyline has been focused on JJ pulling the trigger and, and angsting and why did I pull the trigger and did I know it was Theo and staring at the blood stain on the concrete and, and just um, it's, it's just been very much the opposite of what Black Lives Matter is about. You know, it's centering the white gays, it's centering the white cops, and it's essentially saying it was Theo's fault because he didn't drop the doohickey, right? Like, he didn't do what well, he was told. And, well, uh, also, and he's doing something criminal. So, so Well, yeah, that's, what, the, that's the problem for me is the fact that, yeah. you know, Theo was actually doing something criminal, as in the case with a lot of, you know, the Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter stories that we've heard about. Um, in a lot of cases – like Trayvon Martin and, mm-hmm. you know, the girl at the beach part, the pool party and whatever, they weren't doing anything criminal. Um, like Trayvon Martin was just walking across, you know, a, a cul-de-sac okay. or, you know, behind people's yeah. houses and was shot. So the fact that, you know, they made it that Theo was doing something criminal, it actually – justifies what JJ did because he was stopping a criminal. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, although even that I take issue with because there are plenty of white people who do criminal shit and don't get shot by a cop. You know what I mean? Like That's true. <laughs> they get ta- they get taken in alive. Dylan Roof got freaking Burger King. You know, he got they stopped off and got him Burger King after he committed a church shooting. Like, so even committing something criminal to me does not justify JJ pulling the trigger. And and the fact, though, it could have easily just been a Horton family versus Carver family, your, your son shot my son, you know, thing. But they had to deliberately put Theo in a hoodie, you know, and, and wink at real life, you know, what's going on in real life. And I think that was a huge mistake because, you know, they're not using words like racism. We know JJ's not a racist, you know, so it becomes all about, just all about him and his man pain and, 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 you know, Abe and Lonnie, uh, I just feel like they're being minimized in this. And also because there's not a huge black community in Salem. I mean, there's literally four black characters and one of them, like, it's, it's, oh, there's just so much. I'm trying to count. Oh, actually, no, there are five. Oh, five? Oh, five. If if you count. Yeah. So, yeah, but it's not a huge black community, so you can't really have, like, you know, a whole, like, Black Lives Matter rally, whatever, if that was even going to be the case, because you only have, you have, you have uh, Abe, who's been a longtime member of Salem. You have Lanny, mm-hmm. who just came to town, like, a couple of years ago. You have and Eli and Valerie, who just came to town. So yes. you've got four people, you've got three people who have really no strong ties to Salem and two that do. Yes. And the entirety of, I mean, and then there's a lot of focus on the Demiras, the white side of Theo's family, you know, because his mother, his mother, uh, Lexi was biracial and, right. and it's all about the Demiras. And, and, and this is what, okay, this is one of the things that made me laugh 
in the middle of this horrible storyline, which is that if JJ had a substantial, you know, um, black family presence, they would have all been at that freaking hospital with like food and casseroles and prayers and, you know, up everybody, you know, harassing the hospital staff. His white family is still standing in the living room bitching about who did what corporate espionage. And I was like, that's not how ethnic so people on, ethnic, <laughs> ethnic people and even like, <laughs> but even like, yeah. it, are the Demir, the Demiris are supposed to be what Italian? And what are the Demiris? So. Vaguely. So Italian? if they're yeah. if they're even yeah. if they're vaguely Italian, Italians also rally around at the hospital and harass the hospital staff and bring lasagnas. I mean, not to be you know an ethnic cliche. But, you know, the fact that they're not even at the hospital, I mean, I know that Andre um, wasn't as close to Lexi as Tony was, but yeah. this is still your the whole thing is cousin, just, nephew, actually, whatever. If, you know, if Stefano was still alive, they would have been at the hospital in a heartbeat, you know. Oh, yeah. In, in, in Stefano would have been, like, hovering over, you know, and getting all the best doctors and making sure that his grandson was, you know, taken care of and, you know, marginalizing Abe because, you know, he's a Demira, you know, not, yes. yes, his last name's Carver, but he's a Demira. But there's none of that yeah. because, again, they feel is so unimportant in this storyline and his family connections are so, it's, as I said, it's more about the Demira corporate, corporate espionage and whose fault it is that Theo was at the warehouse. You know, which is, again, it's a dilution of the ethnicity of the Demiras. Like, again, as yeah. you pointed out, they're supposed to be Italian. If we were really addressing, eth- you know, ethnic cultural norms, again, both them and, yeah, it's it's just so, it's just so white. It's a white story. <laughs> like, it's a, it's a white wasp. It's a, I guess I should, no, they're not Protestants. They're all Catholics in, in Salem. What about right. You? But you know what I mean? Like, it's a very, yeah. It's a, it's just missing all the cultural markers and missing all the marks. It's it's just because it's all about JJ and the Horton, you know. And so, so if if the actor playing Theo is leaving, does that mean that that Theo is going to die? I think he might or, just be in a long term. Or is he going to be? Or is he going to? Yeah, a, a long term coma until they eventually recast. Probably, I bet. You know. And um, and and in the meantime, that means that all we get Which again, is JJ's point of view. You yeah, know. because the person that he shot can't say anything because he's in coma. Exactly. You know, and these are deliberate choices the writers made. You know, to make it all about JJ, and and that is just not. Again, just that's not how you write. That's it, it's Horton Lives Matter. It's not, and it's, it's and that makes me sad. Yeah, it's such a slap in the face. They could have easily had a racist Salem Day Player cop do it, and then had all the cops on the Salem PD, you know, cross, you know, like at, at odds with each other, you know, being like, no, 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 I believe Day Player cop. We we've shot pool. We've hung out. He's not racist, you know. And some of the other cops being like, no, no, you, this was wrong. He should not have body, you know, and. You know, have it actually well, yeah. be a story about racism and and police issues and you know and police corruption and have hope and race have to struggle with that as hope is the new police commissioner. Like, how much more rich and resonant and relevant would that have been? 
you know, rather you know, than it's, this. It's, you know, it's funny because this sort of reminds me of, not to go back to General Hospital, but it kind of reminds me of when, um, uh, um, you know, Sonny's stepfather, Deke, who was Taggart's mentor at, at on the police yes. force in New York, and Taggart's relationship with Deke was completely different from Sonny's relationship with Deke. And, yes. you know, Taggart was like, oh, you know, Deke was a good guy and whatever. And Sonny's like, no, he beat my mom and beat me and stuff. So I wish that they had had, like, say, racist cop had been, like, J.J.'s mentor. Yes, yes. There could have been so much there. Now, we only have, like, 30 seconds left in this podcast. And I feel like we can probably revisit – I mean, we can spend an entire episode talking about these issues, and they're going to be ongoing. So I think we will come back and address this uh, next week or, or in two weeks or after that. Um, I really appreciate you all tuning into this. Um, feel free to hit us up on Twitter, Scandal Women and Bad Necklace, or on Facebook. This is really fraught, lots of issues going on here, and we'd love to continue discussing it. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a lot, a lot to think about and a lot to talk about. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. So thank you for tuning in. I'm sorry if we were a little all over the place this week um, with talking about these issues. Of uh, As I said, it's emotional. It's very fraught. Um, and hit us up online if you would like to discuss it further. Uh, listen to us next time. It's been a pleasure. Bye.